Welcome, everyone, to the Ottawa Business Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Pagioni. Here on the show, we bring you interviews with business owners, executives, and key players operating in and around the Ottawa, Ontario, Canada region. We grab their insights on business, marketing, leadership, and motivation. We hope you'll tune in. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Ottawa Business Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Pagioni. Joining me today on the show, we have two excellent guests. We have Gowan Harding, president of ENCAFA, the National Capital Amateur Football Association. Gowan is also the president of the Gatineau Vikings uh, Amateur Football Club. And we also have with us Steve Dean, uh, immediate past president of ENCAFA, and currently the president of the Nepean Eagles Amateur Football Club. We are going to be discussing all things football related. We're also going to be getting, though, uh, which I think is very, very important to the audience. Uh, for those of you that are out there that are involved in amateur sports uh, at any level, uh, these two gentlemen uh, bring some tremendous experience uh, in that area. And they're going to provide some practical advice for those of you that are out there running, uh, say, a sporting club that you can use immediately in your club uh, to take it to the next level. So you're going to want to tune into this. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Ottawa Business Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Pagioni. Joining me today on the show, we have two very special guests with us. We have Gowan Harding, the president of NCAFA Football, along with Steve Dean, past president of NCAFA Football. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Thanks, Paul. As this is a little bit of a different show, we're going to get into a little bit of uh, the business of amateur sports and, and the amateur sports that definitely play a part here in the, in the uh, Ottawa-Carleton uh, region. Uh, maybe we can start off for those listeners that are in the audience that are unfamiliar with what Encafa is. Uh, maybe you can uh, we can sort of start there. What is uh, what is Encafa? Well, Encafa is a youth football league in Ottawa. It's been around now for this is our sixty sixth season. Uh, it started off with a pee wee league. Right now, we run five levels. And uh, we have close to 2,200 tackle players and another 1,000 uh, flag players. So we are actually the largest youth football league in Canada. Oh, that and is excellent, Gowan. I did not know that. Yeah, we have uh, 13 clubs across the city, uh, one in Gatineau and one in Cornwall. So we're, we're pretty much Eastern Ontario covered in terms okay. of civil uh, football. Okay. Okay. And is there, is there a sort of board of governors or? Yeah, we have, uh, we have monthly meetings. We have uh, an executive with uh, six members. And then of course we have the 14 presidents who make up the rest of our board of governors. Okay. Okay. And I, I'm obviously speaking from a little bit of experience having coached in the league for, for close to 10 years here. Um, yep. <laughs> what, what is the territory? I know you've mentioned Ottawa, but you do go out to, to Gatineau and Cornwall? Yeah, so we, we basically, if you can think of 
everything um, east of uh, Brockville, all the way to the Ottawa River, uh, down to Embram, all the way to, uh, I'm going to almost say, uh, Carp, and then across the river, all in the Udaway. So, you know, okay. I, I joke that we're our, the size of our league is like Belgium, basically. You know, <laughs> it's, it's that big, you know, and, and the, you know, we, we have, what, a million and 1.1 million people in our detachment area. So, you know, we, we have a lot of reach, uh, you know, so it's, uh, it's, it's a big one. It's, it's a big league to manage, that's for sure. Yeah, and and what what is generally when is is the season? I mean, the majority of it does take place here in the fall. Yeah, so we we usually start off uh, in the spring in May to about uh, mid June. We have our flag football, um, a large contingent of girls that's been running. Steve, correct me if I'm wrong, for about fifteen years now. And last yeah. year we first year that we brought in the boys. So and we had a lot of a lot of interest. It's going to be where the growth for the sport is going to be in the next 10 years. That usually ends mid mid June. And then in July, we start opening our uh, our training camps for the tackle football. Uh, again, we have girls playing in our league. Every team has about two or three girls. And we're really happy about that. And also uh, yeah. we go all the way to November, usually around Remembrance Day. But this year. Uh, for the first time ever, there's going to be an Ontario Provincial Championships, and we have uh, five teams heading down there. So we're quite excited about that. Yeah, and and as we're you know we're conducting this interview, this past weekend was uh, Championship Weekend. Maybe just touch on a little bit what the the what's coming up following uh, the I'll championships that. that were played. <laughs> Go ahead, Steve. Yeah, so uh, as, as Gowan said, for the first time ever, we have a, a provincial championship run by Football Ontario. Um, you know, our five champions from the different levels of, of NCAA football will play essentially the rest of Ontario. So it's, it's us against the world almost. But uh, it's, it's, a, it's exciting. It's another opportunity to kind of showcase our players and give them a nice experience at the end of a, of a tough, long, regular season. Especially in this COVID year where, you know, we really we almost didn't have football when you think of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, now we're back. Mm-hmm. Well, 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 while you mentioned that, Steve, about about COVID, what was it like this year? I mean, that's obviously a, something different that you had to deal with. Was it? Did Did you notice because you had the year off, there was a lot, there was more registrations, or what sort of changed with 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 COVID? Well, we did see heightened registration at Bantam and Midget. I found uh, Pee Wee's always okay. very strong. The damage from COVID was was the fact that we lost a lot of volunteers. Okay. Uh, you know, over the course of, of taking a year off, obviously people find other things to do. Um, but it was also the administration uh, of processes for to support COVID. Uh, you know, game day check ins, uh, practice check ins with, with the players, uh, making sure that they were uh, you know vaccinated in some cases. But it certainly put a lot of stress and took away a lot of of valuable volunteer time just trying to administer these processes. Mm-hmm. So that's something we're looking forward to not having to do next year if we can you know, continue the tra- trajectory we're on right now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, no, and I'm, it, yeah, yeah, sorry, I'm going to jump in and, and yeah. I think it's, you know, it's interesting we're on a business podcast because I think uh, youth sports, like every business, right? Uh, Steve talked about a crisis in volunteers. Uh, we lost almost uh, a third of our referees from 
2019. Um, right. And a, a general sort of um, pent up need for something to do. So our, our registration numbers at the end of the day were very, very close to 2019. Uh, and trying to do all that was a little less of your volunteer base was stressful, I think, for everyone involved. And as Steve has said, all the COVID restrictions and dealing with a segment of the population that's small, it's like probably 3%, who are just sort of very, you know struggling themselves to deal with COVID. So they brought in a lot of frustration to the league and to their clubs. So Okay, okay. We're kind of, we're not happy the season is over, but we're grateful that we reached the finish line was the fact that we had got all our games in and mm-hmm. the kids had yeah. a great amount. Right? Yeah. And that was yeah. Thing. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. So for those, if the, if someone's listening to the podcast and they have a, they have a child that wants to come out and play football, how do they find out what territory they're in? So the first thing to do is to go to the NACAFA website. So that's NACAFA.ca. Through there, there's a registration system. When you put in your postal code, it will tell you what club you should be reporting to. So if if you do a a Gatineau postal code, for example, you'll be directed to the Gatineau Vikings. If you put one in in Barhaven, you'll be directed to the Nepean Eagles. If you live in Cumberland, you may be directed to the Cumberland Panthers or depending on where you live in Orleans, you, you may be directed to the Orleans Bengals and that kind of stuff. So it's a pretty okay. good. So if you are interested, the first place to stop is, is NACAFA.ca to get all that good information. Okay. Excellent. And what are the various age levels that it starts at? So we, we do a, uh, in the contact, we start at eight and nine. That's our type. And then we have uh, Mosquito, Peewee, Bantam, and then we end at Midget, which is all the way to 18. So basically anywhere between 8 and 18, we have a spot for you in our league. Okay. Okay, excellent. And are the pl- – I get this. Uh, and, I get asked and this. Yeah, go ahead, Steve. I was going to say, so, so that covers the tackle side. And, and from a, a non-contact perspective, uh, similar age groupings as well. So – um, as Gowan said earlier, we're looking at contact, non-contact to be something that is really a, a growth opportunity for the sport, not just in Ottawa, but, uh, but province-wide. So we're looking at trying to standardize a bunch of rule sets, uh, okay. ages and, and stuff, stuff, but we're, we're in good shape in that now. Okay, excellent. And I know I get asked a lot from newer players or players that are thinking of, of coming out to play. Are the play, and I guess also I'll throw it out to you, to you gentlemen, are the players grouped by weight or age? Well, we used to have a weight limit. We've removed it, but it's grouped by ages. So basically, sort of like uh, I, I'm going to say hockey, uh, like we have eight and nine, that's tyke. 10 and 11 is mosquito. Uh, 12, 13, Iwi. 14, 15 is bantam. And then midget is 16, 17, and 18. But there are yeah. no weight requirements, anything like that. But in reality, if someone hasn't had their kid in youth football, uh, you know, if you have a smaller son or daughter playing, they're not going to be up against bigger kids just based on the positions. Right. So you don't really have any mismatches of size, um, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. And, and in terms of uh, from the business standpoint and business side of the league, where does where does your financing source come from? 
Well, it's it's interesting because I when people ask me what it's like to run a club, I always tell them you it's like running a small business. Yeah. Where yes. So if I just use my my former club that I used to be president of the Gatineau Vikings, you know we would bring in about a hundred and some odd thousand dollars in uh, fees. Um, we got to remember something about football that really makes it stand out against any other sport. And I tell people this is for your fee of whatever you're paying, you get all the equipment provided every year. You never mm-hmm. have to buy it. You never have to buy a pair of shoulder pads. It's one of these great sports where, you know, you don't know who the rich kids are and who the lesser financially strapped families are because mm-hmm. everyone out on the field wearing the same helmets same shoulder pads, the same equipment, um, and never outgrow it because you you get a new set every year. And the helmets, of course, are used by different kids year after year, but you're never going out to buy a $350 stick, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. for your $400 or $500, you know, you're, you're getting uh, all that equipment taken care of. So for a club, we have to really run it like a business where we are you know, spending our money wisely, uh, looking at reconditioning equipment because we want all our equipment to be up to code. Um, my club, for example, used to put in about $35,000 a year in, in certifying and buying new helmets. Helmets are, are after a 10-year period, are, are automatically out of the pool of helmets. Same for shoulder pads, that type of stuff. So um, mm-hmm. get a lot of money through that. And as from the league perspective, we have this incredible partnership with the OSEG Foundation, that helps us out. Yes. And of course we have some bingos that we're also involved in too. So football, uh, you know, when you really think about it from the time you start, we'll say in June as a tackle program for your 400 or $450, you know, you're almost getting five months of three, two to three practices a week and a game. So mm-hmm. it's an incredible deal when you really think about it. And um, yeah, it's just something that for clubs though, you really got to run it like a business. And I, and I really think that our clubs have done an incredible job of, of being in this business for 66 years. Right. So bravo to everyone. And, and Steve, uh, you know, was the president for 15 years in the CAFO before I came on board. And I, you know, I, I came in and our books were good and it was an, it's an incredibly well-managed league because we have so many good volunteers making sure that we take care of business, so to speak. Oh, that's excellent. And as that's... as as a league as the league goes, we you know collect uh, fees from each club depending on the level levels that they're going to be um, uh, pursuing that year. And we try to make sure that our costs as a league is kept to a, a bare minimum because <clears throat> the funding really at the at the club levels is where we want the money to go. As Gowan said, to cover the cost of equipment, you know, fields, et cetera, et cetera. So, and, and CAFA runs a very thin overhead, if you will, to basically administer the games with referees and fields and insurance. But at the end of the day, it's the clubs that really are, are the, the lion's share of the revenue and mm-hmm. they have to be operating in a business model. Otherwise, you know, it's, it's very difficult to compete. And it's also a, a challenge to get, uh, to get money from parents when you, when you, when you're not working well. Mm-hmm. And, and, the, and the big thing is, is, you know, football is one of those sports, right? It's a contact sport and it's not necessarily for everyone. Uh, but we don't want to turn anyone away. So if we do have financially strapped families, you know, a lot of our clubs uh, find the money. Uh, we've, I don't think we've ever turned anyone away because they couldn't afford the fees. The CAFA through no. the foundation also has a program where, you know, we sponsor a lot of kids for, 
example in Gatineau, it's it's a fairly well off community, but we do have areas that that that, like I said, are, are financially um, not not you know they may not be able to afford to play football. So in our club of about 170 kids, you know we generally had about 20 kids uh, playing for free. And I don't think that's anything exceptional for the Gatineau Vikings. I think that's something that's probably found at every club. Um, and through our league, we try to do the same thing as well. So, you know, if anyone's listening to this and want to get to a good cause, we're always here to get those kids playing football. Oh, that's awesome. That's, that's awesome. That's awesome. Maybe, you, maybe just touch on the Osage because the Osage, I think the Osage partnership is, is awesome. Maybe just expand on that a little bit. Yeah, so so we we Steve have been doing it now for about since since the Red Blacks have come back, so for about five years, and uh, we sell all the fifty fifty at the game. So we go out and we those pots that you see, you know, when you see someone walking away with thirty five thousand uh, dollars, we get a percentage of that that we're able to put into our programs, and uh, the clubs that were, that do come out and work for it are given mm-hmm. a share of that, and. Uh, that cost goes directly into keeping our the club's costs down and the league's costs down through buying helmets and equipment yeah. like that, right? So this doesn't go uh, into leather jackets for coaches or anything like that. This <laughs> is directly to the kid and to the yeah. player so that, you know, we're not charging $1,000 to play for a season that we can keep it under $400, right? So, you know, you think of other sports and, and, you know, if you're paying $400 for four to five months of, of fun for your kids and there's an opportunity that you can be subsidized as well, those are pretty good deals. And, you know, the fact that OSEG is committed to our league, committed to youth football. I mean, I, I talk to people in Montreal who run leagues and I talk to people in Toronto and no one has the relationship with their local pro football team that we do. We really okay. are and we really are blessed. I got to say it. I mean, um, OSEG has just been phenomenal. I, I, That's awesome. There's other teams, other cities where you can't even get a player to come out to their practices, right? But if, mm-hmm. if we want we want players to come out, we just need to make a few phone calls. And, and those kids are, are, you know, being drilled, talked to by OSEG uh, players, you know, at, our, at their practices. And so anyway, I just can't talk enough about what an incredible community partner OSEG has been, not just to us, but to, you know, other groups, right? Mm-hmm. They've got great uh, inner city programs to get young girls running, um, you know, through their yeah. run pro. So they're just a phenomenal phenomenal partner for amateur sport in the city of Ottawa. That's excellent. That's excellent. Okay. I just want to shift uh, gears just a little bit and uh, maybe we'll, we can get into uh, a little bit of an introduction to the Gatineau Vikings. Okay. Yeah. Ooh. Well, Gatineau Vikings, <laughs> I can do that because I'm, I'm fortunate enough. To be one of the four founders. Uh, me and three other oh, guys in 2005, we were with East Ottawa generals. And, uh, for some reason I wasn't involved in this conversation, but, uh, it was got decided for the league that we would go out and start up a team in Gatineau. Uh, Steve okay. was president then. So, uh, the four of us went to Riddell, took out a loan of about a hundred thousand dollars. Like talk about your small business startup. We yeah, had exactly. no yeah. what the would be. Uh, we put out the flyers, we did our work and, uh, Wow, we, we sold out, so to speak, our first year. Um, that was 2006. So since then, 
we've run the CAFA programs. We've grown from three teams to five teams. Right now, we are up to about 190 players a year. Uh, we run camps. But one thing that we did early on to sort of pay off that debt was we started a thing called the League Football Minaruta Way, which was a spring league, two-month spring league, which was trying to get hockey players to try football. And okay. through that, in three years, we almost had 300 kids a year go out and try out for that. We were able to pay off that $100,000 back. Uh, the city still didn't want to talk to us. They thought we were a fly-by-night outfit. Uh, year five, <laughs> we finally got the city to acknowledge us as a grand partenaire, which is a big partner of the city. And since that day, uh, again, Gatineau Vikings, I say this, we're blessed to live in Quebec on this terms where the city provides us free fields. Uh, free oh, excellent. So, you know, there's other clubs that, that pay twenty, twenty-five, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 a year in Ottawa to, to, for field rentals and stuff like that. And for the city of Gatineau, we don't have that cost. So we're able to, uh, to run the program. Um, so in our 17 years, I, I like to say that we've never won a city championship, okay. but we put in about 40 players into Canadian university football, uh, we have three that uh, got drafted by the CFL. Two are playing right now. One went to the NCAA uh, oh, nice. levels. So, you know, we're our big thing isn't necessarily about winning trophies and getting games. It's about developing those kids from eight years old to 18 and getting them into university. But I, I always love hearing the stories when I, when I run into someone in, in a mall who uh, tells me about their son and, how they're at university and they're not playing football, but they're at university and they, they, they really attribute the, the license that they've learned through football, which is, you know, commitment team, uh, things aren't always going to go right, but you, you get back to work and you, you pick mm -hmm. your head up, you know, all those life lessons that, that you learn mm -hmm. from sports, you know, mm -hmm. and that's why I think I've been involved for the last, uh, I'm going to say almost 19 years was the Vikings in the league is just that you realize that we're creating a next generation of, you know, from business leaders to doctors to small, you know, just people who are good citizens. Right. Mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and, that's key. and that's why I think that, you know, we're, we're lucky to have the coaches that we have. So we've been really fortunate again, to have a strong sort of support group and you football. And I think youth leagues all across this country, you know, need that strong support. We've always had really good sponsors as well. You know, we've always had real estate agents whose kids playing who've always helped us out with some money as well. Right. So mm -hmm. we, we, we appreciate everything that we've been given. So yeah, we're, we're going to be 18 years next year and uh, still no wake up, but uh, I think we've, we've <laughs> pretty good leg, bunch of, bunch of C's. So, but I'm not too busted up <laughs> that. So that's, that's the guy. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what 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 advice would you give uh gowan for someone that's that's running a club today that maybe they're looking to turn their club around maybe they're they're looking to take their club to the next level what, what would you say to them i i again you know and and this is why i like being on this show it's it's really free approach us as a business you've you've got to watch your bottom line you know, you've got to make out and you've got to grind every day and you've got to make sure your coaches are the right people because your coaches are your frontline staff. So mm -hmm. you need to make sure your coaches understand what your club's philosophy is. And, you know, you're, there's always going to be a new issue every day that you think you've seen it and heard everything. 
and then someone's going to come and do something and it's going to be a bit of a challenge, but mm -hmm. you really got to grind and, and you've really got to make sure that, you know, your books are taken care of. Cause if you run a deficit three, four years of that, you're not going to have a club. You're not going to have the new equipment. You're not going to attract new players. And, and so, yeah, so, you know, it's a great thing. It's so rewarding. You know, there are long, tiring days, but at the end of the season, you, you sit back and you go, you know what? It's, it's may not have been where I thought I was going to be five years ago. And like in my case, but my <laughs> Lord while doing right. And I'm so happy that I'm involved and I'm so happy that, that there was a league to become part of, but someone starting a new club I, or, or taking over a club, I, I would say, do it. You know, if you're willing to put in the hours, it's going to be very, very rewarding. And it's, it's, mm -hmm. you know, it's one of those things where you're going to get more out of it than you're going to put into it at the end of the day. I think mm -hmm. really, mm -hmm. really do. I don't know how, how do you think, think about that, Steve? <laughs> I, I, I echo your sentiments all the way through Gal. And I think at the end of the day, you know, for us to be successful, we need strong, healthy clubs. And that's just not organizationally, but it's financially as well. You know, so that, that business um, requirement to have a business focus is, is, is so critical. Um, you know, at the end of the day, you know, put a budget together, you know, live within your budget, make it work. We're a uh, registration-based uh, club, right? So most of our money comes in from uh, player registration fees, not from sponsorships, but that's an area we'd like to pursue a little bit more vigorously in the next year. Because at the end of the day, the more kids that play football, the more kids that are not, you know, crowd in their parents' basement, uh, kind of doing non-healthy stuff. And mm -hmm. as you said earlier, I think football, because we pay for all the equipment, is probably going to one of the, be the cheapest per hour oh, know, definitely. program they yeah. could ever run. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, and learning those life lessons, as as Gowan's mentioned, I think that's yeah, huge, huge difference. Well, Gowan, just I just wanted to circle back on one thing you yeah. mentioned there about. Uh, the East Ottawa General. So how does how does Gowan first get to being involved in youth football? Give us that story. Well, I, I joke that um, I got involved as a chauffeur and that had my kids just... <laughs> uh, I'd have a lot of mean uh, fears. Um, so basically, I was I was involved as, as, a, as a soccer coach. Uh, I had my, my licenses. I coached with the Ottawa Fury uh, youth program. My two sons went out to play soccer and it wasn't for them. Let's just put it okay. that way. Okay. Uh, they had seen my sort of high end uh, top practices where it's, you know, high tempo. And then when they got to play six or seven year old soccer was uh, lollipops at half times and everyone's very relaxed. They weren't, they weren't into it. So I'll <laughs> play a team sport and they said, well, okay, let's do football dad. And I had to go find the club. And the closest club to us was East Ottawa generals in Sandy Hill. And, I got to say that uh, it's been a complete rebirth uh, for me uh, as sporting life. Uh, I actually adore the sport. I didn't play it growing up. Uh, I watched it, of course, and I played in the street or in the schoolyard, but I never played on a team. And I've actually uh, completely, like I said, fallen in love with this idea of team and the fact that there's 12 positions and the personal responsibility of every play and the fact that, uh, you know, you win and lose as a team. The fact that, uh, you know, you don't pass blame to someone else, that you're responsible for yourself on a play. Um, you know, it's just such a, a phenomenal sport where there really is a space for everybody. If you look mm -hmm. at soccer, there's a uniform sort of size. If you look at hockey, but in football, you know, you can be 
you know, a, a five foot one, uh, 13 year old, and you got a spot on the team and you could be a five foot nine, 300 pound kid. We got a spot for you. Right. And the, the diversity in this sport is always so pleasant to me. Like mm-hmm. very well we've got, said, we've got people from different, you know, religions, nationalities, you know, and we, we like to say our huddle includes everybody. Um, and I really yeah. do believe that. And Steve's pointed out this cost, right. Of $450. We're not limiting people by income. You know, when yeah. I, when yeah. I was coaching theory teams, it was costing people $5,000 a year to play on. So, mm-hmm. you know, football is that sport where, you know, you can be from anywhere in this city. And if you want to work hard and you come to practice and you're a team player and you've got a good attitude, you know, we got a spot for you we have a spot on this field for you. So that's my sort of story, how I got involved. Mm-hmm. I like to call myself the accidental football president, but uh, <laughs> it really is something that's, that's a phenomenal thing. And I, and I know a lot of people think about, you know, football is a bunch of guys and, uh, you know, Friday night lights and stuff like that. But I don't think I've met a bad person in football. I really yeah. do. Everyone's there for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what advice gown would you give to parents that are deciding on registering their their children in, in football other well, than a lot of what you've already said which is which is very well said the, the the big the big thing i think about why people don't really consider football is the the concussions right and and what they've seen in the media and stuff like that i can tell you that in my 20 years or close to 20 years being involved in football i've seen a an incredible change in the equipment, in the yeah. helmet technology. I've seen an incredible change in the attitude of coaching. Uh, you know, we do a lot less contact. There's more emphasis on proper tackling. All our coaches mm-hmm. have to be safe contact certified or they can't coach in our league. Um, I mean, we are serious about safety, uh, more so than we've ever been. And every year we, we continuously, you know, take the risk out of the game. It is a contact sport. So there's always going to be a risk, but there's a risk in hockey. There's a risk in girls volleyball. There's a risk mm-hmm. playing sports, but we really over the last five, 10 years have minimized this uh, to a point where, you know, my, I coached a tight team this year. So that's eight, nine years old. Loved it. It was an absolutely fantastic experience for myself. Um, 15 kids. We've run two practices a week for four months. We played uh, seven, Teams, we didn't have a single concussion. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And we do have a concussion. We have protocols. So the old, uh, you know, magic sponge where you put a sponge on a kid's head and throw them out on the field. The kid gets concussed in the game. There's an entire return to play policy that they have to follow. No coach can say, get back in there. It's all controlled by our trainers and by the clubs. So mm-hmm. I guess my, my advice is, you know what, if, if you come into football you're going to be really pleasantly surprised. Not everyone thinks they're going to make the NHL, uh, you know, especially at that level. You're going to you're going yeah. to meet good other parents. It's it really is joining a new family, an extended family, and uh, you know the old expression: it takes a, a village to raise a kid. Well, football is that environment because if kids do slip up, you know, there's always someone to sort of have a nice conversation and and put them in line and and get them back mm-hmm. on the right. It really is a sport of second chances. And any former Gatineau Vikings players or coaches you want to give a shout out to? 
Well, we, we've got Trevor Hoyt, who's uh, started off in our little spring football league. He's playing with yeah. the Toronto Argonauts. And, oh, excellent. Uh, we have Pat Davis, who was at Syracuse, but now he's with the Montreal Alouettes. And uh, I'm really lucky to have uh, Giovanni Lavallee, whose uh, Lavallee family is uh, well-known in, in football in Ottawa, who's been with us for 10 years coaching my midget team. And, uh, you know, really lucky to have him on it. But uh, my big shout out this year is to any club president, uh, any coach who's got us back to where we want it to be. You know, there were, like Steve said, we weren't sure this COVID thing would, would we would get through the season. I'm going to yeah. be honest. In yeah. early September, when numbers were raising again, I was like, yeah. ah, we'll be, if we can get to a championship game, I'll just be a happy camper. So I guess mm-hmm. I got to be pretty happy today. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that is awesome. That is awesome. Okay, we're going to shift gears a little bit here to the Nepean Eagles, uh, Steve. Maybe you can uh, sort of pick up sort of where Gowan has left off here. When were the when were the Eagles uh, founded? Obviously, it was the Redskins. I think it was was it not something before that? The Redskins as well. It it, it was actually the Broncos in 1978. Uh, okay. Frank Jones was the uh, the, uh, the the force behind the creation of the club, okay. and I came into the club in 1997 when my son okay. played, and I, I was kind of the unofficial team photographer. So that's how I got into it. Gowan was the chauffeur; <laughs> I was a photographer. And uh, that's awesome. You know, and it's, and, and it's amazing how time has flown by. Both my son and daughter played in the league. My daughter played uh, girls' touch, and, and Zach played uh, played tackle. Yeah, but uh, they've been long gone, and I'm I'm still here and and enjoying it. <laughs> and it's it's because of the things that Gowns is. You meet great people in the football community. Um, we've yeah. got a, a club that's that's got some very great parents and and great volunteers. And and I think every club has got the similar you know DNA, right? They've got good volunteers that work together. And it yeah. was very evident this last weekend at the championship week, where you get to see other clubs and and their volunteers, and they get to see them in a not in a competitive light because you're you're kind of helping run things but it's it's just encouraged and it's it's it's, in, it's enjoyable to kind of meet them in that way it's also an opportunity to kind of test ideas off them because we don't get a chance to talk to the rank and file very often mm-hmm. you know gallon says we've got about 20 people on the board all totaled but not sometimes the messaging doesn't get down to the to, to the volunteers as, as much as you'd like yeah. and this is yeah. an opportunity to kind of reach out to them answer questions clarify things and i think yeah. th- that's that's something that's important we do with but the Eagles became into play in uh, about seven years ago now. So we're seven years as the Eagles. Um, okay. Like the idea of an NFL affiliation. If you need uh, swag, you can go to NFL.com. <laughs> you know, Gowan's got the same opportunity with uh, with the Vikings. With the Vikings. Right? It looks like the the Minnesota Vikings material. So yeah. So that's kind of yeah. neat with it. But it's 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 been a long. Uh, long road kind of for me to get to where I am now. So I'm, I'm starting to look at that retirement uh, window. So, so I'll be looking for some volunteers to step up this year, but uh, <laughs> I'm always going to be involved with football and whether it's yeah. at a league level or a club level, I'm, I'm, I'm a lifer. Yeah. That's awesome. That's, that's awesome. What, what advice would you give Steve to parents that, that are making that, that determination if they wanted to put their kids into football? Well, I think Alan said it very well. I mean, it's it's, it's you know, if you're looking for structure and uh, an ability to kind of you know get healthy at the same time, football is great for that. And I I see more parents every year come up saying, "Thank God for football because my son's study habits got better, my daughter's work 
um, activity was done because they had to get it done before they went to practice. And, uh, and over the course of the season, they, that works very well with them. Um, the other thing I would suggest is, uh, you know, parents are very quick to put their kids in as many sports as they can. But football is a very practice-intensive sport, so missing practice is a m- much more of an impact than mm-hmm. you know, missing a hockey practice. Yeah, well football, said. you need to know your role, your the position, you know, the timing is, is, is key. And mm-hmm. If you just kind of show up after, you know, taking a week off, it's tough to put you on the field because you're going to be a liability. Mm-hmm. And not to, to say to parents, you know, don't sign up for hockey because it's our national sport, but don't put your son or daughter in a position where they have to make – a decision whether they go to football practice or hockey practice because they don't mm-hmm. upset either, either coach. Mm-hmm. So, you know, focus on one and get, get good at it and enjoy the ride. That's very well said. I'm going to, I'm going to add to that. I've never been involved in a sport that is more school oriented as well, even at our club level. Um, you know, the object of, if you're a, if you're a really good 14 year old in our league and you're an athlete and you want to go places, it's, People aren't talking NFL. They're not talking CFL. They're talking university football. Mm-hmm. And that is always, and it's always pushed by our clubs and our coaches. Even in my, in my club, we have a rule. If a parent comes up to us and say a kid has been, you know, behind at school, we'll, we'll play the bad guy. We'll, we'll tell, we'll bench the kid on the Friday for that game on the Saturday, you know? Mm-hmm. So we really, really are school and success focused where, I don't think a lot of other sports deal with that as much as we do because the option for a good kid, and we always tell kids, you need the marks. Like if you want to go to McGill or UT, yeah. you're a football mm-hmm. player and you're farting around in, in grade 11 and grade 12 and you know, you're going to get a 60 average, well, you, you may not play football at university, right? So schools at university will give more out in academic scholarships than they do in – sorry – yeah, and academic scholarships more than they do in athletic scholarships, right? So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. my son, McMaster, and, and he I mean, got 4400 for playing football, but he got double that or at least another 7000 in academics. So mm-hmm. we have a strong uh, school uh, mix with our sport that I honestly, my other, my travels never saw that in soccer or hockey. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, you know, the the one thing I will say, having, you know, having a coach, I don't want to put any words in either one of your mouths, but <laughs> the one thing that I really liked is, is the fact that as, and you've said it very well, uh, Gowan is it, it encompass the huddle includes everyone. It's, yeah. it's the big kid. It's the small kid. It's the fast kid. It's the slow kid. Like there's a role for all of them. Yeah. You know, oh, it's. I- and I, like I said, I have two girls on my, my mosquito team in Gatineau and they are lights out fierce. I mean, and yeah. they love sport and it's one of those sports. Like I said, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, you meet new friends, you meet mm-hmm. friends, right. And, you know, I, my, my yeah. this year was I went to a game and, and a gentleman said hello and knew who I was. And, you know, he was a Cumberland Panther president. 40 years or 30 years ago and mm-hmm. he was wow. at like this awesome hour and a half conversation watching a game you know it was it was fantastic yeah. and you see you know you see people older in life when they get you know to our age they they still think about football and they yeah. the friends made and and it's one of those sports where you know once people have done playing there's a good chance that they're going to come back as a coach and give back 
Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah, well said. Yeah, very well said. Yeah, very well said. Steve, do you have any advice for, for someone that's running a club today? I think, um, obviously, you have have strong sense of, uh, you know, revenue has to exceed expense, so, so run it as a business. Mm-hmm. But also to engage your parents. I said uh, to one of our exec members the other day that, you know, we, we get so focused on you know, running the programs, the, the, the non-contact, the contact programs, that we, we don't necessarily get out in front of our parents very much. And, and it's, it's an effort that we need to put into place because they have questions, you know, so you know, go to a practice, you know, on the sidelines, the parents are watching the game or watching the practice with, with intensity, but they always need to have answers to questions. Some, some simple answers to a simple question can solve a lot of problems. Part of the challenge is, is you know, people not knowing the rules and making assumptions based on what they think they do know. And, uh, you know, that's probably the source of the most, uh, Friction, okay. I guess, if you will, between referees and, and folks in, in the stands. But mm-hmm. you know, engage your parents. You know, you know, make sure you understand the you know the value of a dollar and 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 keep it healthy. Keep your your bank account healthy, and and your club's going to be successful in, in that regard. Yeah, yeah, well said, well said, gentlemen. Do either one of you have anything to to sort of add before we uh, we close off the uh, off the show? Yeah, I guess this is just for everyone. I, I, uh, the, the Red Blacks will get better again. Trust me. It's Nicholas. <laughs> so stick with that team. <laughs> Keep going to games, right? How many times have we lost a pro team in this city because people, yeah, true. there's a few lows and losing seasons, right? So, you know, keep going to those games. Keep supporting that club because by doing that, you're supporting minor football through the OSEG Foundation. And, uh, you know, like I tell my teams, you know, you're going to win. You're going to lose a lot more than you win, right? At the end of every year, there's only one champion in a league of 13 teams. So yeah. if you don't win the big cup at the end of the year, that doesn't mean your season was useless. It means that the journey is the important part, right? It's mm-hmm. not the end. Result. And if you go out and you work hard and you love what you're doing, then you're a winner, period. So keep supporting those Red Blacks because that's a winner organization. That is awesome. Absolutely. Awesome. Awesome. Steve, did you want to add anything? No, I think keeping a strong football uh, community is important. I think Ottawa has mm-hmm. done a great job of, of kind of, you know, marrying, you know, the NCAFA non, non, uh, the NCAFA amateur model working with high schools, you know, yep. there's some summer football programs that are still existing, you know, and, and we're kind of the glue that holds football together when, when things were going, you know, tough without the CFL team, you know, and, and CAFA was still here. And, you know, when high schools were on strike a couple years ago, and CAFA was still here. So we're going to be around for another 66 years. Um, you know, yep. give us a shot. Try it. If you want to come out, you know, we got, as, as Gavin said, non-contact in the spring, contact mm-hmm. in the fall. And uh, there's, there's a spot for everyone on the team and, and volunteers as well. We, we can use your, your help as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, volunteers are the lifeblood of, uh, of the clubs for sure, for sure. Well, gentlemen, I, uh, I appreciate, uh, you take, you both taking the time here and, uh, I wish you much success, uh, next year at, at, as well in two weeks at the, uh, at the provincials and, uh, and maybe we can even give an update, uh, next spring, give the audience a bit of an update on, uh, on some registration numbers and, uh, and wish you much, much success into 2022 here. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> Anytime. Love talking football. For those of you looking for additional information from our guests today, Galwin Harding 
and Steve Dean from NCAFA, the National Capital Amateur Football Association. You can find NCAFA on the web at www.ncafa.ca. You can also find them on social media, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at NCAFA Football, that's N-C-A-F-A Football altogether. And you can also find them on LinkedIn uh, under NCAFA. Thank you very much for taking the time to listen to this episode of the Ottawa Business Podcast. We truly hope you found something of value in the show that you can use in your business or personal life. Please remember to like and subscribe to the show. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or your favorite player. Thank you.